You're listening to the Personal Development Through Martial Arts podcast, the podcast where the world's highest personal development experts and martial arts masters come together to empower and inspire you to become your strongest self and live the life that you truly want. Join host Bogdan Rosho, author, public speaker, and the founder of the first personal development through martial arts school in the world in the podcast where you become the hero. Hey guys, um, I'm here with uh, Sifu Martin Bogard and I'm very excited because we're talking about how to make your Wing Chun basics functional and fun. Because uh, a lot of people get very enthusiastic about learning the wooden dummy, learning the knives, learning the dragon pole, and forget about their basics. Sifu Martin, how are you? How's your Monday? I'm great. My Monday is great. Just uh, busy, but great. Awesome. Uh, for the people, you know, I know that you do a lot of um, of your lives on the Winton uh, news page, but for the people who don't really know you, tell us a bit about yourself, how you started your Winton journey before we actually dive into uh, the information and how people can improve their, uh, their basics. Um, I started in martial art when I was 10 due to uh, uh, timber problems, actually. Uh, I had a little problems in school, and my dad thought it was a good idea to start with martial arts. So I started out uh, on the very basics, on jiu-jitsu, and then I constantly tried to find something that was realistic. So I, then I went to karate. I was also, expi- I, for a period, I was very young, so my ability to, to uh, know what was good martial art or less good martial art was of course limited to my uh, state of mind mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and my experience so then I did some Kung Fu more traditional Shaolin Kung Fu and then I did Thai boxing for a while and I ended up with Wing Chun in uh, 1993 and then I did uh, Leung Chen Wing Chun for approximately 14 years and then the whole school changed it was actually the largest school in the world we had more than a thousand winchun members and we had i think we had approximately 28 or 30 instructors so it was a really big school Mm -hmm. and so and i trained there and when i learned the full system then we actually there was like something lacking we started turning to wong song learn winchun I'm having, uh, I'm having a deja vu because uh, we had this conversation for our first uh, interview together. Exactly, exactly. So and then, and then uh, uh, I actually did a round trip in China in 19, uh, no, in 2007, mm-hmm. where I trained with a lot of different masters. And then I ended up uh, with Sifu Wan Kamlerong, which is my um, Sifu right now. And he's been my Sifu since, since then. So. Uh, the last 11 years mm-hmm. actually it's 11 years now so it's a it's been a great journey it's a it's a quite a it's a different style it's well really interesting the way it's a, it's a, aligned with modern biomechanics but still have all the principles and philosophy from the ancient ancient history so uh, it's really beautiful um how did how did you find like what do you feel is the difference between the basics in um Wing Chun, Wing Chun, for example, and in uh, Wang Kam Wing Chun. Well, 
let's start with what we have in common. Mm. I think that's better. So, yes, every ancient system have these things in common. We all talk about the forms, students, how time to beauty. Then you have the dummy, then you have the pole and the knives. So that is the same. Yes. We also all refer to the old uh, the doctrines, the old sayings of Winchun called the Kunkut. Uh, so you, mm-hmm. we're talking about like like uh, or all these sayings that is principles uh, for uh, t- tactics or strategies or even methods. Right. That we uh, that we interpret from, so we just interpret it differently depending on who's the seeker. So, so uh, the lineage of, um, of let's say Van Kamplerang is a little different because he was a Wong Songlong student and he was doing his own approach and he had to travel around in China, learning Qigong and he was looking for this um, very practical approach to Qigong. Yes. And by that, he also met a lot of different other martial artists. If you're looking for practical Qigong, you will find practical people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's been inspired by all kinds of martial artists, and he has integrated his Qigong into his Wing Chun. And, of course, then the Wing Chun has evolved from there. So it's a, it's a, it's a modified, and to me, it is an improved version of the Wing Chun that, that we know of, at least the one that is generally known, of, known today. And, yeah. Uh, do you feel like you went into Wing Chun with a different attitude towards uh, training your basics? I mean, having such an extensive uh, background. And uh, by the way, guys, if you want to listen to our first interview together where we dive deeper into uh, Sifu Martin's uh, origin story, let's say, how he started out with Wing Chun, what were his, uh, you know, and with martial arts in general, what were his uh, biggest lessons? Go ahead and search for us on iTunes or just Google the personal development through martial arts. Um, podcast um do you feel that you had a, a different approach towards training your basics having such an extensive uh, martial arts background well the very biggest difference to me is that practical wing chun is easy to apply mm-hmm. uh, when you are training with people from all other kinds of styles that doesn't matter if they're distance fighters um or they are, are close combat fighters, or even if they are grapplers. So even if they are like the kickers or the strikers, it's very easy to to use it on any kind of distances and any kind of approach because it's uh, it has a different way of adapt. Uh, the adaptability is different, but actually a lot of different. The way we stand, the way we walk around, the way we move, the way we turn. The way we punch, the way we kick, the way we interpret techniques, strategies, tactics, everything is 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 different. Like when you look into a modern engine of a a brand new Bugatti, it's right. a lot different from when you look into an engine of an old car. I'm not saying that the Ting system is an old car. It's just it's a different engine. Let me say it like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I met some Ting practitioners who were unbelievably powerful in their uh in their winch and i agree it's just a different type of language a different um engine well what i was curious to find out was uh were you training more or were you emphasizing more on uh your basics when you started training um uh, practical winch or were you like very enthusiastic of uh you know learning more and more and more i think that I think that the 
thing is that whenever you learn anything, you have to have the same approach. We have to start with the technical part. Okay. Actually, at very first, you have to understand the theory. If you don't understand the theory, it makes no sense starting with the technical part. Mm-hmm. And when you're turning it into the technical part, the first part of the technical part should not be with even an opponent. It should be like form and or uh, any kind of um, training where you combine different movements from the form with footwork. It's about relaxation. It's about precision. It's about coordination. Mm-hmm. So that it's not really about the other person. It's about controlling your own body. When that is in, it doesn't matter which kind of kung fu you're doing. It's mm-hmm. the same. Mm-hmm. And when that is in, then you're looking at distance training. Yes. And distance training starts with precision. That's like how do you position yourself uh, compared to an opponent? And that will smoothly go into things with a static target, not moving looking at closing distance, keeping distance, or making distance, and then gradually moving that into a moving target where a lot of timing is included. Mm-hmm. But if you don't go that way, the timing is going to be off. Because if you don't even know how to position yourself against that static target, a moving target is going to be impossible. Let me give you an example, like a, a analogy. If you learn shooting, first you will learn how to hold the gun and position yourself. Then you will start hitting at a close target. The target is then going to be moved back to a certain distance where it makes it a little more difficult. You have to be even more precise. And after that, you're going to slowly start moving the target, slowly. And then eventually, you can start moving and doing a lot of different things and have different and maybe more targets coming up. But it's a slow process of learning how to shoot. You mm-hmm. can't just start by having moving targets. Then you're going to hit nothing. Well, people will so say, yeah, but I'm going to get the, the machine gun and hit everything, and maybe I'll hit target too. <laughs> but that's the funnier thing. The funnier thing is that if you have a machine gun, it's going to shoot a lot, but it's not necessarily going to hit a lot. Yes. And the thing is, once you are close to an opponent, if you can't point the gun at the direction of the target, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how many shots you can shoot. Yeah. And that brings the next part into it. Because once you have learned about distance, you will learn about adaptability. And when we're looking at adaptability, it's the ability to change. It's the ability to be fluent. It's the ability to, to have agility. The ability to change, dis, uh, change uh, angles and motion uh, according to the circumstances, like suddenly and, and swift. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And maybe that's why... That's why the forms are structured that way, right? Because in the first form, you're just being static. You have your static target. And then in the second form, you yeah. to hit a moving target and uh, you yeah. want to move yourself as well. Mm. I think that the original idea of Suvintal was that, that you were standing actually and doing the movement, movement on your preferred distance, which is mm-hmm. you have one preferred distance where you can hit him in the head. And you are learning to... to uh, to really learn your nervous system to control that distance. Mm. And once you have that distance, then you start moving in and out of that distance. But you will always compare any other distance to that distance because that's your preferred distance. Like a kicker would probably know his kicking distance and choose that if he was was his preferred distance. A boxer is going to be right out of range, moving in and out of that choosing his preferred distance. The grappler is going to bring him to the ground into his preferred distance. Now our preferred distance is the distance where we can touch the other guy either by hitting or by trapping or controlling his movements. In that way, that distance has to be cultivated first. And that's in the sense of
Yes, I love that. Um, how do you remind your students to go back to their basics? Well, I think when you when you teach, well, this is just for me. You always in the beginning when you start the class, you usually start form, just bringing them mind wise and body wise into this pattern of movements, which is uh, the winchun pattern. Whatever they have done through the day, they're getting into that. Mm -hmm. And after that, this is just my way of teaching. I'm getting some pads out and I start having them punch. And the reason is that I want them to punch like a winchun person, and I want them to punch like a normal striker. Mm -hmm. So when we start doing drills, they already have the ability to walk and move and punch so they can give you a realistic feed when you want to do your technical training or their distance training with a partner. So they have to learn how to hit a target before they even start, you know, hitting you. Mm -hmm. And if you, when you have tuned in, first you're tuned into form, then you're tuned into distance and target. Then you can go to the technical part. And on the technical part, you always start with the basics. And when you have trained a little bit on the basics, then you start variation. And that is depending on your progression. What is the theme that you want to work on? But you want to start with the basics, go to the theme. And then the theme that you're working on, then you have to know, am I learning uh, here? Because then you can ask a lot of questions. and <clears throat> Or am I just practicing? That's just a lot of repetition. And that's not testing. I think that's maybe the biggest problem when you're learning stuff is that people, they get confused. <clears throat> they mix up. One person is trying to learn something and the other one is testing him. So he's not really learning. Yeah. There's these three uh, areas. First you learn, then you train, and then you test. So learning is having somebody better than you explaining things. Mm -hmm. Training is having something, somebody similar level than you and training it until it becomes natural. Testing is seeing if you can do it under pressure. But you should not, when you're trying to get it natural in your book, you should not test then. It's not like learning how to, to, to stay, uh, drive a bike. You're just learning. You don't put them out in the traffic. You have them in the safe environment until they are in control. And then you can put out and test. So, And I think that's the biggest problem with a lot of training and also why we actually lose a lot of members uh, or people when we're training. And it's not just in Winchun, in martial art in general, is that you are testing people who are not ready, not ready for testing. Mm -hmm. They should learn, then train, and then test. Yeah. And when they can do it naturally and they're tested and they feel like they have it in well control, then they are competent to, do a, to a degree that they're ready to learn the next thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, this, this time spent in, um, in defining the uh you know the space that we were discussing before the space that you learn uh, learning your space mm -hmm. learning your emotions and uh learning how to mm -hmm. move and use your footwork if you just rush it i feel that you you know as a practitioner you lose a lot a lot of what could be your power of uh, you know punching power of course speed um you know just just being able to move around and dodge very powerful techniques and that and everything shows right all of that shows all that lack is so apparent when you're just jumping from um instead of spending more time on the wall bag for example or just on the basics of the dummy you you rush into learning popeye hams or um, you know you, you want to learn chizao or jump into learning the knives or the dragon pole it's just like there's no foundation to it right yeah, <clears throat> I, I think that the way, 
the way that we make it interesting as uh, teachers mm. or we help people make, find it interesting, the first thing is while we are teaching, there's certain things we have to know to, to, get, to get them to feel that it's, it's a, a fun and, ex, uh, ex, and fun to do the basics, right? Yeah. <clears throat> the first thing is there's, a, there's, a, expla- there's a, a way in teaching that's called what, why, how. And that is just, what are we going to do? Why is it so important? And then how it's done. Yes. If you want them to listen, you've got to put the why before the how. Mm. So you explain why is this so important. Then they start listening. So if you say, okay, now we're going to do something about uh, timing or distance, or we're going to do something about the footwork, about stability and mobility. If you That is isolating something to integrate it later on. Yes. So you also always want to start with the end in mind. Now, I want you to be able to move like this and you do something that is where they say, wow, they, they get an impression on how you can move. And then you say, but we're going to break it down to this element. And then you do something with maybe with stability and mobility or, or distance work. And then you integrate it in afterwards and then they feel the, the effect. But if they don't see the big why before they do the how, then mm-hmm. they won't be motivated to work as hard. Absolutely, absolutely. I love that, and uh, I you find that in in anything, not just in teaching martial arts, but in whatever you're teaching. Maybe huh. you're trying to teach your kids how to ride a bicycle, right? You're going through the same process. Yeah, yeah. Show them some fun stuff you can do with a bike, and then say, "Okay, what did I actually do here?" And then you break it down and show them a little thing they train on, and yes. to integrate it afterwards. So, yes. Yeah. So I think then when people teach, the, the thing is that if they start by setting the scene, like saying, okay, this is the scenario, this uh-huh. is the specific situation, you are here, he's there, his intention is like this, now what am I going to do? So you first set the scene. When you have the scene set up, mm-hmm. then you can go in and say, okay, then I'm going to be doing this. And then you show them, they want a visual. And then you explain it so they hear it auditory, uh, like um some people learn a better that way, and, I think and then they practice. Yes. Yeah, but but when when show show explain and then practice. When you practice, it's about getting into your nervous system, and especially if you have anything of tactile, um, mm-hmm. where you touch, you really need to have seen it, heard it, and then felt it. They gotta yes. feel. I think a lot of instructors they they just let people do it, but they have to go and touch hands with them and let they feel what how it's supposed to feel. So, you read my so mind it's easier because, for you read my mind because that's exactly what I wanted to say that it's absolutely crucial that when you're explaining the why you also allow them to feel what you mean that expression of um of the idea like for example in the beginning yeah exactly what I love to do with uh, mm-hmm. with new people coming in the school is just show them the lap out the lap da but I do it in a very fast, like like a small shock, right? And that feeling sticks with them forever because they never feel something like that. They never felt something like that before. And I, I think it's, it's unbelievably important that when you're teaching anything, whether it be basics or, um, or just a more advanced concept, that you need to involve feeling, right? Because feeling is believing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, I think yeah, it's keeping knowing all the time that people are there, and they are there because they're motivated. Mm. And the best way to motivate people is to inspire people. Yeah. Uh, 
people can be motivated by two things. Either they, they're away from something or they're towards something. Mm. And it's always best to have them towards something, right? Mm-hmm. So they might mm-hmm. come to your class uh, out of fear, yes. but it should be the inspiration that runs it, right? Yes, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Um, are you familiar? I think I, I'm not sure where I read this. I think it was in David Peterson's book, but um, Wong Sun Long said that you're only going to use the first 10 motions in the wooden dummy in a fight. So those are the most frequent motions that you ever need or you're ever going to going to use in a natural fight. So he really loved working on the basics. How do you, what, yeah. how do you feel about that? Or what do you think about that? Well, we have, in, in the civil violence system, it's a little, little different. Everything is a little different. So the whole approach to the dummy is different from his teacher's approach. Uh, though still the very the first third of the movement, the part of the first third of the, the movement there movements there mm-hmm. are, are of course the most likely one to be to be applied. And that's mm-hmm. the same with the dummy. It's also in the rest of the system. The students are stuff is what most likely to be applied. Yes. Then some Q and then beauty. So a lot of people have the tendency of finding beauty to be some great, uh, amazing thing. Saying, yep, it's, it's, uh, it's the things that which is hopefully you're not going to be using. It's the least likely to happen. Yeah. And it's usually because the stuff works. So, so uh, you need to learn it, but first when you master the rest of it. You always have to look at your press. I think we actually talked about this last, uh, last time, and I think it's so important. <clears throat> the ladder of competence. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you, you, before when you, what you need to work on <clears throat> is the basics. Yes. And when once the basics <clears throat> has become, uh, you, you are un, unconscious competent. Mm-hmm. You just do it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to think about it. You just do it. Then, then you go to the next thing. You don't stay on it. So, and that's not in our culture. In our culture, we just want the next thing, the next thing. That yeah, actually, yeah, it's yeah. a, it's the amount of training you put into the basics that makes the biggest difference. But there's actually a saying that goes like this. I heard it from uh, a, a great friend of mine. And if you should in, interview anybody that I find uh, super interested with, have a super depth depth in Wing Chun understanding outside my own system. It's Jesper Lundqvist. Mm. I'll, I'll give you a, Absolutely. He's a great uh, uh, master. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he, he told me uh, recently we were talking about this stuff. Uh, once in a while we hook up and, uh, and discuss and share knowledge. And he said this thing about if, if the technique is wrong, mm-hmm. you, can, you, can still, you can still win. But if the power is wrong, yeah. you cannot. Yeah. So you have to learn. It's not about using power. It's about knowing how to uh, work with that energy. Mm-hmm. If you know how to work with the energy with that power, then you might do a technique which is not the ideal in the situation, but you can still win. It's, but it doesn't matter if you do the ideal techniques, but if you don't have the right energy behind it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. just move. It's so funny because this actually sums up my weekend um, because on Saturday I had a one-on-one training session with, uh, with one of my students. He did another type of, um, of Wing Chun style, right? So let's say that he, he kind of jumped the basics exactly what we were discussing. 
because um, his secondary emotions like lob, pock, they, they, he had a notion of doing them, so uh, he could go in, break the guard. But when he did go in, exactly what you mentioned, like his expression of energy, of, of giving power, of hitting, was non-existent, right? He would just, just push you over, so it just had no, no effect. And that's exactly what we were talking about. Like, it doesn't matter if you have very good lap sal, pak sal, bonk sal, whatever. If you cannot express power when you need it, then you're in trouble. You're going to be in trouble. And in the following day, like yesterday, uh, I had another conversation with another student of mine who was addicted to video games. And uh, we were talking exactly about this idea that we're getting, we got so used to immediate um, rewards, right? You want that, that reward immediately. And uh, it's very difficult today to motivate yourself for that long-term reward that training the basics actually gives you. Yeah. I think if you do, like my son, he's, doing, he's playing Counter-Strike mm -hmm. and he spends a lot of time on this practice on headshots uh, and he spends a lot of time trying to understand the, the strategies and the, mm -hmm. the, the tactical things. And that's why he's improving a lot faster. He's not just uh, trying constantly to test out things. He's trying to understand it and he's practicing his basics. And even in a video that's game, nice. I think you will find great value in these things. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it, it depends on ultimately what you're doing it for, right? Um, if you have like a strategy or yeah. a long-term strategy, then the right things will fall into place. Like, okay, I want to become very good at Wing Chun. I better train my basics. Yeah. I think I think you are actually at the essence of it. Why are people training? Now, some, if I have a guy coming in and he actually want to do Wing Chun because he want to go into the cage and fight somebody, mm. maybe uh, his way of training should be an, uh, an additional training to being in a cage. And yes. the way he trains should be different from somebody who, who want to train for self-defense. And the one training self-defense, his training also has to be a little different from somebody who just want to learn the art because they are inspired by the art of Kung Fu uh, or inspired by the art of Wing Chun. So and maybe a bouncer uh, or a doorman or yeah. any kind of security guard of any kind, maybe police people, even military people. All these people have, they have different rules. They have a different setting. They have a different mindset. They have a different objective. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so their training has to be different. The only thing that's the same is, uh, is, is principles and tactics. Which is which can be related into any of these. Those principles and those strategies can be related into anything, no matter what you do, as long as it's practical, mm -hmm. as long as it's for use, not just for show. Then it can. Well, the training will still be different. That's why when you train with somebody, it's important that you have a similar goal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Absolutely agree. And that can be difficult in a classroom, of course, because a lot of people with different aims. And I think like the, the biggest illusion that once that people have in the beginning when they drink, they're saying, okay, oh my God, I have to do the form again. It's not like you're doing the same form because it's another day, it's another form. It's a totally new expression. So it's a totally new opportunity for you to learn. Just like one day is not the same with the other. 
even though you might be doing the same tasks, but you're doing it from a different perspective. So in my opinion, if you do your training with uh, this question in mind, what what is my opportunity or what can I learn new about myself or about Wing Chun today through this motion? Because they're all different. They're all teaching you something new. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that, that form people they have that's in there's there's two ways you can be too absorbed by form mm -hmm. in that way that mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. that you are that you lack uh, the training on the application mm -hmm. yes of yes. of uh, energy uh, you can also be too little absorbed with form mm -hmm. that you are so concerned with uh, working with the energy and the power and the distance and timing that you're but the thing is that the form um, is is the whole foundation of everything. It's the way that you interpret force. So this thing about working with force, you can only work with a force you can interpret, and you can only interpret a force if you have something which for you is right or wrong. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So they they have to be yes. Form to me, form should be done every day. Yeah. It doesn't have to take you forever, but it should be a natural thing that you do every day. So all the movements of the system becomes uh, more, more and more and more natural to you, like brushing your teeth. Mm, mm, mm. I love that. Um, we have a couple of questions. Um, let's see uh, yep. if we can address them. Uh, Vuitis is asking, what should a karate person uh, eat? Well, it's like what a karate person needs to eat, but I think that's what he means. Um, <laughs> well, uh, so let's let's call it let's call the the guy who's going to be eating what do you need to eat for within your karate yes and let's say that karate is just a japanese martial art you're just a martial artist like anybody else but what do you need it for mm -hmm. do you need it for practice or do you need it for competition what is the what is that thing about what you eat what kind of practice are you going to do mm -hmm. if you're going to do a lot of technical practice uh it's different compared to if you want to do a lot of physical practice. But the way that we eat is a, a lot the same, no matter what kind of, of uh, sport you're doing. It's just for how long time do you have to have endurance, right? So how much sugar do you need to have? You don't need to have a lot of protein in your system. It's just going to make you heavy. But you do need to have sugar available. Usually you have sugar enough for short bursts of energy. But if you need longer times of longer bursts of energy, you need to have more sugar in your system. And by sugar, I do not mean sugar like, like uh, sugary drinks, mm -hmm. uh, but carbohydrates. That means which is stored in your in your liver and in your muscles, um, so they can so you have energy enough for the full training. The most important thing in general when you when you train is if if you train a semi intensity, you can if if you just wait an hour after you have eaten, you yes. can do semi intensity. If you do high intensity, you want to have like two or maybe two and a half hour after you have eaten before you do it because you don't want to have food in your stomach is trying to be digested at the same time as you are doing high-intensity work. Mm, yeah, I love that. So basically, the why determines the how and the what. Exactly. I love that. I love that. That's why we always, that's why we always start with the why. Mm. With that, what are we going to do? Why are we going to do it? And then we go to the how. Um, Tahir is saying, I want to learn, can you help? 
absolutely Tahir. Uh, for Martin has a ton of videos posted online on the Wing Chun news page. Uh, go ahead and watch his live videos. Um, and it's the same, I think, I have one, it's like I have one thing for that. Mm. Uh, the 1st of March, if everything turns out as planned, mm -hmm. I'm starting out, uh, I'm starting out an online academy where people, they, for, for something like 13 euros a, a month, they can yeah. go in and there's going to be videos on every topic, on theory, mm -hmm. on the technical part, on the distance work, on the adaptability work, on the physical training, functional physical training. So all the things that are going to be videos. And every month, there's going to be added new videos on all topics. So people, they can go in, and no matter where they are in their experience, mm -hmm. they, they can work on basics or a little more advanced. It's going to be primarily videos in the beginning for the fundamentals. Uh, but in all categories anyway, so, um, so people, they get good fundamentals as we're talking about is so important. I love that. I love that. And I love to see that more and more Sifus are um, getting on uh, online teaching. And I think it's a yeah. real opportunity for everyone who wants to train uh, Wing Chun, um, for everyone who wants to, you know, get in touch with their physical power, their emotional power as well. And um, yeah, welcome to... Welcome to the group. Yeah, to the future. And the thing is that they need to do low cost, high quality. Yeah. No matter what style, no matter low cost, high quality. So, because then we're going to reach further out there. Mm. If you, it should not be about money. It should, of course, it should be able to pay for the whole academy thing. Mm. But it's not about that. Low cost, high quality. Mm. If people want more, they will come. But uh, give them the opportunity to get all the fundamentals. Uh, right from the beginning that's the, that's the most important I think that's what we need to do we, we need to help people getting the fundamentals in order yeah yeah and uh, you know in my experience uh, teaching teaching online it's never going to be it's never going to be the same as being in a physical school but nope. it's still always always going to be better than just sitting around and wishing you would you were doing something about it right so yeah, but if you you can see it a little like this, we have we can do three kinds of ways of training. The the acad the an on our online academy can have the purpose of supporting three kinds of groups. You can have your own normal academy and being a sifu like yourself, mm -hmm. and then you can have some online academy to support your students to look at. Yes, you can also be an instructor who is maybe doing a different kind of martial art, and then he starts your kung fu, and because you want to start your kung fu. He will have a group he's teaching, and then he he needs. Uh, besides, he might meet up with you once in a while. Either you come to his school, or he will come to your school. <clears throat> he might also come from a country where that's not possible. Then he will be able to go in there and take knowledge from there, and he can give it to his students. Mm -hmm. The third thing is a training group. That means that somebody who's not there's no teacher, but there are a group of people. There are guy. I want to learn this stuff. Okay, so I go in there. I see the information. I find a group of people, and I train with them. And then, of course, you cannot take them. Uh, you can learn them all the basics, and they can work with that. But if they want to go further, you have to somehow be able to, as an instructor or trainer, to uh, evaluate what they're doing. Either that you do it by like Skype, like we're on mm -hmm. Skype right now. Mm -hmm. You can have a Skype meeting with a big screen, and then if you have somebody there to train to 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 show with, and they have somebody there. You can watch them and you can tell them what they're doing. They won't get the tactile, 
but as a instructor, you will see how they most of it on that level. You will be able to see, and you can correct them while you're there, as long as you have also have a person there. So there's two people on each side of the screen. I think like that is one way. In in ten years, maximum. I think it's a lot. Ten years, maybe in like five or six years, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people are going to be learning kung fu through uh, virtual reality in VR. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Even if you show up to a great seminar with this great master, it's not likely you're going to be spending a lot of time touching the person's arms anyway. No. Exactly. So, exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. And then you could just as well have done it in your living room with a friend, <laughs> watching it on on a big screen. And that's like in twenty years we're going to get like you're going to buy a USB that says Wing Chun Kung Fu and you're going to stick it in the back of your head and you're going to be able to do <laughs> Wing Chun. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> I, I like the idea of uh, <clears throat> when the hard work pays off. Yeah, yeah. And I like the idea that that if you don't have the right mindset, you won't really get it. I I think so. That, you don't get the wrong people doing it. You know, what? I I think that meditation is going to be huge in the future because uh, we're getting so much. We're getting so distracted with the. Um, Technology that we forget to be uh, mindful and present, and I think that's yeah. going to be a very, very big thing, and um, that's also like a huge part of, of training, absolutely. Yeah, cool. But <sighs> I think I think in, in, within martial art, it's it will not, not be as much uh, meditation as it will be naikong. Uh, naikong in Chinese just means an internal training, mm-hmm. and uh, for example, qigong, that mm-hmm. means that it might be a meditative. Practice, practice, but it will be something which is supporting your martial art, but still giving you the same benefits as meditation. as uh, as meditation, and even more because you're not just balancing and, and stabilizing and making yourself calm, and and but you're also loading up uh, inside energy that you then can uh, use and distribute in your body the way you want. Absolutely, absolutely, awesome. And yeah, yeah, I think uh, that's that's uh, where we're heading towards. Okay, mm-hmm. um, Sifu Martin, thank you so much for uh, for your time for joining in on uh, another interview. It was really uh, fun talking. And, yeah. uh, There's no final questions from anybody. Yeah, I was like, we just have a couple of questions. I think I think everybody's sleeping right now um, <laughs> <laughs> because most maybe people, most people are uh, in the U.S. Uh-huh. But Tahir and uh, Vuitis, thank you so much for, for your questions. Let us know if we uh, did answer them. And if you have any more questions, just um, type another comment and tag us in your comment, and we'll do our best to answer them in text. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and thank you for having me. Likewise. Guys, um, yeah. if you want to listen to uh, the whole interview or to uh, tune in to um, Sifu Martin's first interview on our podcast, go ahead and search for the Personal Development Through Martial Arts podcast. Um, my name is Bogdan, and I help you guys raise your self-confidence through personal development in martial arts so that you raise your quality of life and you become more happy, healthy, and more abundant. And I'll see you next time. Ciao.
Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening in. I hope this was super valuable for you. And also to get notified every time I post a new video on this YouTube channel, go ahead and subscribe. And if you want to have unstoppable self-confidence without seeming arrogant, there's a link in the description where you can download the free report. And if you want me to personally help you with your martial arts training so that you get more speed, power, precision, stability, and have a deeper understanding of your body, you go ahead and you check the link for our online academy, which you will find, of course, in the description. And please go ahead and give us a rating on iTunes. It does help and it is very much appreciated. I'll see you next time.